Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. New Vision, New Vision, covering the whole world. Welcome to Vision Podcast with Tony Joffrey Owana, your foremost historian. On 26 January 1986 at 3:42 p.m., a Radio Uganda announcer informed the listeners that one Yoweri Museveni was in studios to make a very very special announcement. For Radio Uganda, and the time is about 18 minutes to 4. All along listeners, we've been telling you that there is a special announcement coming. To begin with, I would like to apologize to you all listeners for Radio Uganda being off air. This was due to power failure in the city as you have all experienced. I now have the honor to introduce to you Mr. Yoweri Museveni, the interim chairman of the National Resistance Movement NRM and the National Resistance Army NRA. That Yoweri Museveni came to announce that his forces of the National Resistance Army had captured the capital city of Uganda Kampala and we are about to announce the formation of government. Mr. Museveni. Dear countrymen and women, officers, NCOs and men of the National Resistance Movement uh, Army and members of the National Resistance Movement. I'm happy to announce to you and the world the liberation of Kampala by our officers, NCOs and men. Henceforth, Kampala becomes part of the liberated zone of the national resistance movement. The citizens of Kampala can now enjoy the peace that other parts which were liberated earlier have been enjoying. For the first time in the history of coups and overthrows of government in this country, The news was not announced by an army officer but the incoming leader himself. Amin's coup of 1971 was announced on Radio Uganda by warrant officer 1 Sam Wilfred Aswa. The dismissal of President Milton Obote in July 1985 was announced by Second Lieutenant Walter Ochora and other junior army officers and not by President Tito Okello himself. The citizens of Kampala can now enjoy the peace that other parts which were liberated earlier have been enjoying. This, however, does not mean the end of the war, because the previous criminal regimes had armed tens of thousands of poorly trained, poorly disciplined, and badly selected soldiers, most of whom are still at large. In the last few weeks and months, we have been able to disarm over approximately 6,000 soldiers belonging to the various groups that belong to the criminal alliance that was arranged against us. Many others are, however, still at large, and the war to disarm them must go on. Again, for the first time in the history of this country, the incoming leader did not wait to take oath first before announcing the great news to the world. Indeed, Yoweri Museveni only took office as president of Uganda three days later, on 29th January 1986. Nevertheless, this is an important and strategic victory by the people of Uganda. We shall use this victory 
to bring peace and reconciliation to the country, while at the same time we enable the long-suffering people of Uganda at last to assert their rights over the forces of dictatorship and evil. Uganda has been messed up by the incompetent and politically bankrupt leaders for the past 24 years. Their main interests have been sectarianism, corruption, and subservience to foreign interests. In his statement to the people of Uganda, President Yoweri Museveni outlined the reasons why they had taken up arms against the government of President Milton Obote, narrated what they had gone through, and also unveiled plans to refurbish and rehabilitate the war-torn economy. The role of the people in national affairs has been eliminated. Hundreds of thousands of people have been murdered. Now that a large part of the country is liberated, the people of Uganda will have the, 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 the opportunity to see for themselves the skeletons of the victims of these regimes. We shall take journalists and any interested observers around to see for themselves the massacres that went on in some parts of Uganda, the genocide. In the past, there have been disputes and evidence against these criminals has been suppressed by the regimes in power, but henceforth we are going to expose them and anybody who touches them, even with the long stick, will have himself to condemn because he cannot argue that he did not have the evidence against the Amin or Bote or Kero regimes of murder. Culprits will also be sought out wherever they are and punished. The economy has also been damaged. Although Uganda has got a good capacity to produce an impressive array of agricultural products, owing to the bankrupt leadership that has characterized the running of national affairs for the past 24 years, this capacity has been either underutilized or even misused. Consequently, Uganda is now one of the countries that are most disadvantaged in this region. The image and credibility of Uganda have also suffered, again owing to the incompetent and sometimes clownish and pathetic leadership referred to above. The biggest single damage to the country has been homage on human lives, the bleeding of the population. It is estimated that up to 800,000 Ugandans have been massacred in the violence that has been inspired by the past regimes. 800,000 people, it is estimated, have been massacred by the, by the uh, regimes of the past 24 years. If you remember, the massacre started way back in 1964 at Nakurabi, when Obote's special police killed the people at Nakurabi, and the regime in power at that time, the regime of Milton Obote, did nothing to investigate and punish the criminals. That pattern of crimes went on in 1966, 1969, 1971 to 1979 during the time of Idi Amin, during the interim period after the overthrow of Amin, and since Obote came back to power in 1980, after 1985, when he was overthrown, and after that, when the military council took over. So this pattern of massacres has been almost continuous for the past 20 or so years. 
Where would you have got this except for Vision Podcasts with Tony Joffrey Oana? You've been listening to the New Vision Podcast. 